From Vintage City Church in Fort Collins, Colorado, it's the Vintage Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Sanders. Isn't that fun? Wow. Uh, There is just, uh, I want us to always become better at learning how to just rest before the Father. That's really the point. That's why we come together, is to worship Him. That's really the, the, the unique calling on the people of God, is we have a unique voice in the earth, and that is to declare the, the worth of our Father, to lift our praise to Him. It's one of the, one of the most beautiful aspects of the people of God. Is, um, the scriptures will say, um, how good, how pleasing, how beautiful, where brethren dwell together in unity. And in that same passage, it's talking about the lifting of praise. And I would just say it this way. There's something that happens on us and to us when we come together to declare his worth. And it's amazing. And just it was just fun this morning. Good job setting the tone for the day. Hey, Father's Day. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the room, by the way, in case no one said that. Happy Father's Day. I know Father's Day is a holiday that men created, and I, I'm not ever a fan. Um, I don't mean that to be cheeky. I just mean, you know, it's a, it's a, hu- a human-made holiday. And, and the honor that's in it I love. And I'm not a fan of bending the church calendar to match with, like, the Hallmark calendar ever. Um, but there's something hap- has happened inside of me over the last several years. Every time Father's Day happens, it always causes me to think about our Father, like our Heavenly Father. It never really causes me to think as much about like me as a father or it just always my attention shifts to Him and I want to push pause in our Corinthians study. I'm excited about where we're going in 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to finish up uh, Paul's summary of what it looks like when we gather together and if any of you have read ahead, you know in verses 34 and 35 there's some dicey issues in there and we're going we're gonna to tackle them head on where, uh, the, where the scriptures would say women be silent in the church. Um, we're just going to tackle that as a family and really ask some hard questions about what does that mean? Uh, and uh, I promise you it doesn't probably mean what, what it means at first reading. That's, that's all I'll give you. But I want to push pause on that, and I want to talk about the Father a little bit this morning because I grew up in church, and like many of you, had a history in the kingdom and, and, and was religious by nature because I, I knew how to go through, I knew how to worship, I knew, I knew how to fear God, I was probably riddled with a lot of shame, and my relationship in the kingdom transformed when I met the Father. And you might say, what do you mean? If you look at Jesus' life, there's a clear theme that kind of covers his life and, fl- and flows through everything he teaches. And it's this theme of his love for the Father, his relationship with the Father. If we study Paul, Paul seems to state it over and over and over again. Whether it's in Corinthians or whether it's in Ephesians or whether it's in Colossians, he's talking all, the, all over the place about how deep, how wide, how, how incredible this love of the Father is. And when Jesus began to communicate to the world around him, the primary foundational focus of his teaching was really to shift their lens and reframe a conversation. He was reframing the conversation they were having about a God or an overlord, and he was pushing them to see a father. 
We don't see it as revolutionary because in, it's, we're, we're comfortable with it. We're accustomed to it. But in his day and in his time, it was an absolutely revolutionary message to talk about the Father. I would say Jesus talked about the Father so much that it would appear that his relationship with the Father was central to everything about who he was. And if we can say that about Jesus, then we must be able to say about ourselves, our relationship with the Father is central to everything we are. The danger in that is when you come into the kingdom and you, get, and you give your life to the Lord, there's the opportunity for a relationship with the Father there, but it doesn't mean it takes off. And he got quiet. Think of these, listen to what Jesus says, John 5, I can do of myself nothing. As I hear, I judge. As I hear, I judge. As I hear, I judge. Five words that reveal something phenomenal. Jesus was living out of a relationship, out of an encounter. What the Father was saying, he was releasing. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. In John 8, Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. John 17, I've glorified you, Father, on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to men whom you've given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. I have manifested your name, which means I have revealed who you are to them. When the disciples figured out that Jesus was pulling something from someplace else, he was walking in an expression of something they had never seen. And they would, he would go away regularly to pray. We've lo- we looked at this back in our study of Luke. They come to him and they say this. We want to know your secret. Can you teach us how to pray? What is the first thing Jesus does in that request? He teaches them to say what? What's it begin with? Two words. Our Father, what He teaches them in just that simple thing is to, he, He's showing them how to align with the Father. And so I would say His goal was to teach them to lean into a relationship with the Father. And in that moment, what He's telling them is, you, not, not, not just me, you as well, can have a personal relationship with this Father. I would actually say prayer begins out of that place. See, here's my concern. What Jesus was trying to do with with the, the earth in that day was move them out of a God complex, an overlord complex, into a father revelation. And I think some of us still lean into the God authoritative overlord kind of idea. And I would say that Jesus has had an agenda and still has an agenda. For others to know the Father. So why? Why would Jesus want us to know the Father? Sometimes those questions we don't ask. We just know He does it. Why? I would say it's super simple. 
because he knew the Father. Just think that through for a second. He wants me and you to know the Father because he knows him. He had firsthand experience with his love. And the love of the Father shaped who Jesus was. Can we say, therefore, the love of the Father shapes us? The lack of the love of the Father shapes us. What do I mean by lack? Like he doesn't give it? No. But we've studied throughout the scriptures that he's always gentle, he's patient, he's kind, never forceful. Which means there, there's an aligning with his love, walking, allowing this love to, to penetrate me, to come into me, to, to influence me, that's necessary. It's really obvious and simple, but we have, the, we have access to the exact same depth of love and relationship with the Father that Jesus did. I watch and I see a church. This is what's been on my heart for years. I see people all the time in the knowledge of God, walking in, in right step with life and sin patterns, but still not connecting to this deep, intimate relationship with a loving Father. That is clearly what Jesus modeled. John 17, Jesus says this, I don't pray for these alone. He's talking about his disciples around him. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's talking about us, the ones that will come after. So he's praying for us, which is a super fun thought. Jesus, while he's on the earth, was praying for us. We were in his mind. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I've given them. That they may be one just as we are one. I and them, you and me. That they may be made perfect in one and that the world, all those outside watching, may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. John, 1 John 3 says, See how very much our Heavenly Father loves us. He calls us His children, and we really are. So there's a reality that we are, we are the children of God. As children, could we say it this way in the natural? Children have the DNA of their father. Correct? Children reflect their father, sometimes better than others but they reflect their father. Could we say just, I have a rule in my, in my if, if any of you have ever been, and we're hanging out, we're having coffee, or we're having a conversation, and one of my boys comes up or calls, I will pause everything and take that call or give them that attention. Why? Because they have a unique access to me because I'm their father. And I am the only father that they're going to have on the earth. So it's a proprietary position that trumps everybody else. Rightfully so. Do we understand we have a proprietary position with the Heavenly Father that trumps? We literally have access to Him as a legitimate child. The revelation for me, what, what, what shaped in me and shifted in me and blew my mind was this simple revelation. That we are not limited to the poor or broken images of Father that we have on earth. We're not limited to those. We can actually transcend those and learn love from the Father, learn a relationship. How many would say you grew up with a fantastic relationship with your earthly father? 
How many would say you something other than that? So all of us would probably agree, to some measure, there's a brokenness in our relatability to Father, to the idea of Father. But what I love is in the kingdom, we are now authentic, legitimate children of a Father who desperately wants to teach us what it looks like to Father and be fathered. Does that make sense? I want to take a quick look this morning. Well, I don't know how quick, but I want to take a look this morning at uh, a passage in Luke 3, because I think it shows us how our Father loves. There's two, pe- two people groups I want to talk to in this. Maybe you're here and you, you need to know who God is, and you just really don't know who God is. I want you to see Him for who He is and how He loves. Maybe you're here and you're like, I know Him. What I struggle with is learning how to love like Him. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. So we're at John the Baptist's baptism. He's baptizing people. He's calling them into a repentance to turn away from dead works and and move into really, he was the forerunner, the beginnings of moving into a relational encounter with God. So Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. There's something that happens in this passage that I want us to consider. It's the Father's actions towards Jesus, because what they reveal is how he loves us. And there's something so amazing in this. I want us to see how secure his love is towards us. The first thing is in in this phrase, and while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. I love that the Father moves towards Jesus. I would say it this way. Our Father initiates closeness and affection. Why is that important for us? So many times, many of us live in a place where we're, we, with our posture is that we're trying to draw him in. We're almost trying to get him to come close to us. And the reality is our Father is always moving towards us, towards closeness, towards intimacy. What we see here is that His love initiates that closeness and that intimacy. I'd say it this way, your Father's moving towards you. Just let that sink in for a second. I'm not trying to get Him to come to me. I'm not trying to get him to pay attention. Maybe that's your journey. You had a a father that you were trying to get to pay attention and you were trying to earn approval and you could never figure out how to cause him to wake up and recognize you. You see, the reality is our father is always moving towards us, the one who's beginning the affection, the closeness. A voice came out of heaven. The word came out here is important. The father could have quietly watched what was going on. He didn't. I don't think there's any witness of Jesus asking for any affirmation or any, anything specific. But the father intentionally invested his voice in his words. I would say it this way. Our father bridges the silence to communicate. Our father bridges the silence to communicate. Consider that act, just the way he engages and he breaks silence. 
He speaks. I will push that button over and over and over again. Your Father speaks. Proverbs will say, tune your ears to wisdom. Think of a radio dial. Your Father's initiating already and speaking already to you, not just to people around you. Do not ever, ever, ever accept or embrace some type of second-class childhood nature where um, he likes me, I know he's he's my father, but he doesn't really talk to me. That's not what the Scriptures reveal. And he says, you are my beloved son. This word beloved means esteemed, dear, or worthy of my love. Just the power of that over yourself. Say that with me. I am worthy of his love. I would say it this way. Our Father is intentional to declare and release identity. He spoke identity to Jesus. And the identity he gives is so valuable that Jesus, while on earth, needed to hear it. If Jesus needed to have his identity affirmed and confirmed by the Father, how much more do we need to have our identities affirmed and confirmed by the Father? Which is why it's so vital that we carve out space in our life for that voice. How many are like me, and when you're going 100 miles an hour, it's really hard to hear God? How many notice as soon as you stop, and you quiet, and you rest, all of a sudden it's easier to access and hear? For me, the exercise was very, it, it was arduous. For about three months, I had a boss who loved me enough that he said, literally, I don't want you to come to work until you can feel the love of the Father. I worked at a church. I was a worship pastor. He knew something I didn't know. Worship leaders that don't have an understanding of the love of the Father are dangerous because they're aspiring all the time and earning instead of releasing. And I was so driven. I know that's not a surprise to anybody. I was so fixated on performance, trying so hard to earn accolade from heaven. And so I sat, we were, we were struggling, you know, we weren't poor, but we definitely, we had lots of empty rooms in our house. So we had this one empty room that was just, maybe you've had it too, full of kids' toys. That's all, that was our furniture. It was just like this, it was our front room where you walked in the house and we had, we had one heater vent that I would sit on because, and just let, and the kind of the heat, and I would sit there with my Bible. And I would pray through my list and read all my scriptures. And so, my boss just said, stop all that and sit. So for three months, I sat. Not, not continuously. That, was a lo- that would have been a long time. That would have been some severe waffle print ep- ep- going on. <laughs> Every morning, just sat and just said the same thing. I need your love. And I don't know what it looks like, but I need your love. And it changed my life. Because I started to hear a voice that I'd never heard before. 
And it was so different than the voice I was used to because the voice I was used to that was inside of me was driven. And it pushed me. And it would, if I could put it into two words, the voice was always saying, do better. And what I encountered and experienced was this father who would whisper and speak life and affirmation and wanted to talk about real issues like, why can't I get along with my wife? And he would walk me through all the reasons why it wasn't working. And most of them were me, things I could control and adjust, but I just want you to understand that identity is released in the voice of the Father when He speaks. You and I need to have our identities defined by His voice. If we don't have them defined by His voice, we will chase other things for them to be defined. We'll go after pursuits of business or pursuits of of wealth or pursuits of hobby or relationship after relationship, all because we're looking for that identifying, defining thing. And the reality, reality is, it's only found in His voice. Man, I'm going long, sorry. And He says, in you I am well pleased. This word well pleased means to think about with good thoughts. Think about the power of that, what He says to Jesus. When I think of you, they're good thoughts. When I think of you, I am happy. It causes something inside of me to well up because they're good thoughts. And I wonder if we could understand that that's the reality for each of us as his children. That he's thinking thoughts over us right now and they're not frustrated thoughts. They're not thoughts of do better. They're good thoughts. They're thoughts of how pleased he is with who we are. Yeah, but you don't know what I, you know what? Here's what I discovered. Every single broken pattern in my life, he deals with. But he doesn't deal with it like this. He deals with it with love. Hey, son, I need you to adjust this area. It's hurting you. And something happens where I just melt. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. Okay. Son, you're angry all the time. Why are you angry? I don't know. You tell me. And he walks me through why you're angry and then lets me lay it down. Maybe this is foreign for us. If you're here and you're like, I want that relationship with the Father, but I've never had it. I've had a relationship with God and I've been really careful not to get out of line. I want us to realize that there is a passionate, loving Father. We don't have time to go there, but if we, if we could, to go to Luke 15, and the Father who, at the moment, there's a broken relationship where the child says, you know what? I'm your child. I know that. I want everything that comes to me because I'm your child, but I don't want relationship with you. What we see is Jesus lay out a story. It's the prodigal story of a father who will stand, look down the road, and watch day after day after day after day. And the moment he sees the child move back into relationship, stops the entire process of his ranch, of his farm, of his house, and says, everything stops because what matters to me more than anything in the world is walking down the road. And we have to understand that that's how our Father sees us, that that moment where he gets to interface with us, love on us, lavish on us, that is his passion. 
And there's, it should be so far from our mind to try to get him to talk to us. Please, I just need, no, just to sit there and go, I receive your love because you love me more than I can understand. Paul will say it this way, I pray that you would experience the love of God, though it's, it's so wide, so deep, you can't even fathom it. See, Father's Day for me always reminds me of this father that has this contagious, infectious love. If we will just quiet ourselves and sit with him, he'll speak. He'll speak. I've never had Siri get excited in a service. We just had it happen. Let's stand this morning. I know we went long, I'm sorry. I want to end with bread and cup, and if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I don't know the love of the Father, I need the love of the Father deeply. We have teams in the back corners that they, it would just be their absolute honor to lay hands on you, pray with you. Maybe there's some stuff that needs to be broken in your life, broken off of your life, great. But as we take bread and cup, let's move into family groups, friendship groups, and just invite the love of the Father to invade us. There's a hardness in some of us that I can feel in the room. Like it's like we're closed off to his love. And if that's you and you say it's just me right now, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, I just want you to put your hand on your heart and I want to pray over that right now. Father, in the way that only you can do, we just invite you to come speak and release your love. We receive it. It's probably the best way to say it because you're already in the process of drawing us and loving on us and pouring into us. Father, for anger right now, I just declare a, a softening and a releasing of the things that we're bound up by. Lord, where there's resentment and disconnect right now, we just declare a connection, an, an authentic connection with the love of the Father like never before. Lord, as we take the bread and we take the cup and we remember what you did, Father, you, for, you so loved the world that you gave your son to die on a cross for us. Just declare a release of your love over this room as we take the bread and cup this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more great content, please visit us on the web at vintagecitychurch.com.